If you brought your Bibles this morning and you want to read along with us, you can turn to the book of Titus chapter 1 uh, and mark that scripture for just a minute. Again, you can turn to the book of Titus chapter 1 and I'll make turning to your next scripture pretty easy, the first scripture. Uh, just go back a couple of pages to the book of 2 Timothy uh, chapter 4. So again, if you brought your Bibles or you can read uh, out of one that's in the pew, uh, we're going to read to you here in just a minute from the book of Titus chapter 1, but first and foremost, we want to read uh, from the book of 2 Timothy chapter 4. We're going to read in just a moment. As you're turning to these two verses, um, I want you to take for a thought this morning that we are preparing for imposters. Preparing for imposters. In a time that we see identity theft soaring through the roof, People more and more are trying to claim to be someone that they are not. Sometimes there's uh, imposters by, by acting like someone they're not, or sometimes we even become imposters that uh, we tell our children to be on their best behavior. So sometimes we act like who we're not sometimes. But not only do we want to talk about preparing for imposters, imposters are people that try to hide themselves, to pretend to be someone that they are not. And even with people that wear a mask sometimes, not just masks for, for health reasons, but we're talking about a, a cosmetic mask that they try to, to conceal who they are and to try to hide who they are. So if we want to talk about preparing for imposters, we have to realize, what are we going to do? If I was to tell you that there was a problem that's going to come up in your life, you're going to say, well, how do I get prepared for that? Every year, it never fails, <coughs> it seems like my... my my plants in the front seem to fight the Japanese beetles. I think that's what they're called. So every year I go to my little cabinet, I get my seven dust out, and I spray it all over the bushes, and sure enough, they just leave them alone. I make preparations for a problem. If I tell you that there's imposters that are out in this world today, what are you going to do to combat that? What do you do to combat those that, that are fake or artificial or not real, those that are masking behind something? It's concerning, and, and I would even go as far as to say disturbing, of all the religious connotation that is imposters. Folks, you cannot replicate and you cannot duplicate a true experience with God. But yet many are trying to find alternate ways or easier ways or simpler ways. And I'm not trying to com make it complex or hard, but we're just simply saying this morning is, how do we get to a point that we can prepare for these imposters that are out there? For those of you that are reading along with us, let me read to you in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 4. Timothy had been given that, was talking about this charge to preach. Second verse says, preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. In other words, the occasion does not matter. You need to stand for the word. Now we'll say this, the imposters today are only going to find the word of God that fits their life at that particular moment in their life. Folks, we need God's word in all aspects of our life. So the imposters are those that are not after the truth or not after all of it. They want just a little of it. Let's keep reading here. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. So the imposters are going to say, we're going to pick and choose what we want. Boy, this, this is going to hit home, and I want you to open your eyes and ears for a minute. 
But instead of sound doctrine, I want you to take notice there. Sound doctrine. But they're in instead, he said, they're going to go after their own lust. They shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall turn unto fables. The word fables is a pretty interesting word that I looked up the other day. It means they turn to their own narrative or their own story. So let's look at it like this. God has a story for you. God has a story for me. After we lived it, we called a testimony. Lord, this is what I'm doing and this is how I've done it and this is what you called me to do. But for you and your story or your narrative, God has a plan. Folks, nowhere does God say that we get to evaluate the story or the plan that God has for us and say, stop. God, I'm going to change what you have for me and I'm going to do what I want to do. That is an imposter. An imposter is going to change not only their story or their life, they're going to change God's story and His method. Folks, the Bible says that we cannot add to nor take away from this word. Which means we don't alter it. We don't just kind of cut it up bits and pieces and say, well, I want this section and this section and this section. I want the front, middle, and the end. We have to take all of it in its entirety. When we talk about preparing for imposters, what do we do? How do we identify and know who these imposters are? Let's turn over to the book of Titus, chapter 1. You see, these imposters, they hide their identity. They hide their character. They hide who they are. A lot of times, there's something that they can gain from it. This morning, I will give you strong, strong urgency to recognize People that will do things for their own personal gain. Now their own personal gain might be some kind of a, a relationship or some kind of a, a networking as we call it or maybe it's some kind of a financial gain. Folks, we do things as a church or as true Christians today that are not fake or artificial or imposters. We do things for the glory of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Anything outside of that, folks, God does not intend for us to take any glory upon ourselves. It all glory goes unto Him. Titus chapter 1, some very stirring scripture for me because it falls upon the things that I fall in the category on. You see, what we're going to see here in the book of uh, Titus chapter 1, and we're going to skip down to about the ninth verse. What happens is, is that there was a time that, uh, that, that Paul is going to tell Titus that they need to appoint these, these elders in these churches and they have a purpose there. Titus chapter 1 and verse 9. Holding fast the faithful word as he hath been taught, that he may be able by sound doctrine... Do you remember what I said a little bit earlier where it talks about how that, uh, that people that are, are, are going to turn away from, they will not endure sound doctrine? Notice what he says here. That he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and to convince the gainsayers. Oh, so let's think about something for just a minute. You mean to tell me there are those that are going to contradict what's being taught from the Lord's church? 
They're going to say that that's too harsh or that's too hard or that's not fair enough. So the apostles are going to say, that's not the gospel that we're going to abide by. Let's change it up a little bit. So notice what he says. Holding fast the faithful word as he hath been taught, that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and to convince the gainsayers. There is a responsibility. Let me pause right here for a minute. I believe in God called preachers. I believe in God sent pastors. Now here, Paul actually calls these elders. Now these are not just people that fill a pulpit. Now I want to tell you, I believe there's a difference. And again, I, I, if you want to disagree, I, I understand that. There's a difference in somebody that comes in and, and, and just preaches God's word versus being an under-shepherd or a pastor or feeding God's flock. Now we all feast and we all feed on God's flock, but the thing is is that we all have to be prepared for the, the, the evil and the imposters that are out in the world today. So what we see is, is that as these elders, Paul said, I want you to hold fast the faithful word as he hath been taught. There is no greater responsibility than teaching God's word. And you know what? I'm going to get outside of the church setting for just a minute. And I'll even go to our home settings. There's nothing more important than we can teach in our homes than the word of God. People are not going to get confused if they're ingrained. And remember when we talk about how do you combat against uh, the, the naysayers that are out there? We indoctrinate ourselves in sound doctrine. We go to church. We listen to the gospel. We read the Bible. We study the Bible. We, we, we pray on the Bible. We meditate on the Bible. We, we do these things. For he said, holding fast the faithful word. You know, I, I thank God today that there were people in my life that were faithful to God's word. I don't know about you in your life. And I don't know about your raising. I don't know about all the people you were around. But I want to ask you something. Do you know people in your life that were faithful to God's word? We sing a song that if it's good for Paul and Silas and it's good enough for me, it is the old time religion is the name of the song, I think. And when we talk about these things, folks, if the gospel and the word of God was good enough for generations before us, is the word of God still good enough for us now? Folks, even Jesus himself tells us that, that, that we should live by the word of God in our life. And he teaches us that he is that word and we should abide by that word. And here we see, he says, holding fast the faithful word. Folks, there's one thing that I believe that, that is important to a true New Testament church. That the word of God should not be negotiable. I'm going to say that one more time. There's one thing that's of the utmost importance to a true New Testament church. The word of God is not for sale. What do I mean when I say it's not for sale? Sometimes people want to criticize what we say and what we do. Sometimes people criticize or maybe even critique how you do it. Or these preachers are too long or they're too short. They're too loud. They move around or they don't dress a certain way or they do a certain thing. Let's exclude all the antics that goes on and let's just simply say, what about the Word of God? Is the Word of God true? It doesn't matter to me what time of day we meet. It doesn't matter what color our pulpit is. Whether It could be a glass stand. It could be down on the ground. We could have a, a different background. We can change all kinds of, of, of logistical things, you might even say. But none of those things are as important as the Word of God. Notice what he said. Holding fast the faithful Word. To this church, I want you to know something. You can change everything you want to change. But I, I strongly want to tell you my convictions are we cannot change the Word of God. 
We're not going to mold it to fit our lives and say, well, let's see if we can change this up. He said, if you're going to be an elder, if you're going to be a, 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 a pastor of a church, he said, they must hold fast the faithful word. Why is Paul telling Timothy that the elders must be one that is faithful to God's word? Why would he say that? Because if we stop and we look at it today, Paul is telling young uh, Timothy here, he said, there is nothing more important than God's word that people need in their life. So as Paul tells, correct myself, Paul tells Titus, he said, you need to realize is that the one thing that the people need in their life is the truth. I hope you heard what I just said. The one thing that people need in their life is the truth. You ever heard the old saying, the truth hurts? Sometimes people don't want to hear the truth, so therefore, let's go back to the book of 2 Timothy. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but they will after their own lust, they shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. They, there will come a time, Paul told Timothy, and now he's telling Titus, he said, there's coming a time where people will not want to hear the truth. Folks, the greatest saying you can ever do to those that you love is tell them the truth. We're sinners. We have wrong in our life. We are accountable for the wrong in our life. You can't just sweep it under a rug or act like it didn't happen or, or maybe somebody else is to blame for it. We have to realize the imposters are not going to take responsibility. They're going to cast it off. Paul is telling young Timothy here. He said, Timothy, he said, you need to be ready for these people. He said, you need to heed God's word because there is nothing more important. He said, for he says, holding fast the faithful word. Folks, God's word is more trustworthy than anything else. You and I have just rolled over a calendar in the year 2022. People strongly believe the weatherman. People strongly believe everything that they see on social media or out in our, our news outlets today. They believe all of these things. But folks, I'll tell you, they may or not be right. You have your different opinions on the percent of accuracy they have. But there's one word today I believe is 100% accurate. That's God's Word. Folks, today I believe that God's Word is 100% accurate. The imposters are going to say, well, we're living in different times or let's changing this up. He says, holding fast the faithful Word. As he said, as he has been taught. Let me ask you something today. Can we change or expect something different out of others other than what we have been taught even our own selves. Paul talks about how that we are as saints of God over in the book of, I believe it is Colossians in the first chapter. He talks about how that we're not to declare any other gospel other than the gospel by which we have uh, received. He talks about how that if this is how it happened to us, then that's how we should uh, expect it to happen to others also. You see, we're, we live in a time where people want to say, well, uh, that's outdated or it's old-fashioned or people even want to self-proclaim themselves as old-fashioned. I'm not calling myself new. I'm not calling myself old. I'm calling myself true to God's Word. God's Word's what's important. And what He's saying here, holding fast the faithful Word as He has been Folks, today I believe that God's Word is something that we need in our life. And the reason is, because He's going to talk about this a little bit in the 10th verse that we're going to read to you here in just a minute. But He says that they may be able by sound doctrine. You know, 
I had to look that word up when it says to exhort. You know what the word exhort actually means? He says that you might bring comfort to people. Now I want to tell you something. The word of God does not always soothe us, but it will heal us. Sometimes it chastises us. Sometimes it does different things. But he says that he may be able by sound doctrine, knows what he says here, both to exhort and to convince the gainsayers. Who are the gainsayers out there today? Paul's warning young Titus here. He said, Titus, he said, I want you to know something. There are people out there today that's going to say that what you are doing or what you experience is not real. I have to admit to you, there's often times in my life, I say, Lord, are there people that have felt what I feel? Are there people around me that truly knows what it's like to have something stirring deep down inside of them and feel an overwhelming peace of God in my life? And what I realized is there's a lot of people with religion. I shouldn't say a lot. There are people that exist that have religion, but they don't have salvation. Folks, today religion will get you absolutely nothing. Salvation will get you eternal life in a place called heaven. But you see, the imposters today, they don't want something you feel. They just want something you can experience and, and, and deal with here in this life. I remember coming across an old article years ago, and I don't know if I've ever told you the story. I was walking through the old archives of a, of a, of a library, and I came across this book, and for some odd reason, out of the thousands of books, I just pull it off and I look at it, and it says, them old missionary Baptists, he said, they believe in a heartfelt salvation. And I stopped, not only in my feet, but in my heart. And I thought, Lord, have mercy for people that do, do not know anything other than a true heartfelt salvation with God. Folks, Christ is not something I experienced in my mind. He's something I feel in my heart. You know, this day when there's people that are roaming all around there today that want religion by, by the, the carnal mind and they, they will drill you and teach you all these things. Don't get me wrong, the scriptures are important. That's how we combat evil. But what he's saying is, is that people have to realize that there's gainsayers out there saying this cannot be real. This cannot be true. This cannot be authentic. He said, by sound doctrine, he says, you need to convince the gainsayers. That what he means by the word convince there is you've got to rebuke them. You've got to be able to stand up against those things. And you see today, Paul is telling him, Titus. He said, Titus, you've got to know who the imposters are. Because notice what he says there in the 10th verse. For there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers. I want you to pause right here for just a moment. And I want to go back into the Old Testament to the book of Judges for just a minute. Judges chapter 8. I want to talk about a few things this morning in Judges chapter 8. There were some people that are called dissidents. And dissidents are those people that oppose the policies and the rules. Now if you'll allow me for just a second, I want to step outside of the church world into my secular life for just a minute. I cannot tell you how many times, not so much now as much as I used to, I used to sit down with people all the time and tell them, folks, I don't make the policies, I'm enforcing the policies. Policemen are not setting the laws, they're enforcing the laws. Folks, God's Word, we did not write God's Word, 
We are meant to abide by and enforce God's word. People struggle with that. If it don't fit their life or it don't fit their circumstance and situation, then you need to change. Meaning you need to change your policies. Folks, let me tell you something about God's word. It cannot be changed. I want to say that again. People, you can complain to God and say, God, this is too hard or this is not fair. Or, this is not right. God's word will not change. Do you remember what I said in the very beginning? They will, they will not heed sound doctrine. So they're going to change it. Folks, right now, that's what's happening. People are changing their lives in this. And let's just adopt anything and everything. Judges chapter 8. We're going to deal with dissonance once again. Notice what happens here. And the men of Ephraim said unto him, these are the complainers. They don't like the, 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 the policies or the things that are in place. So why, it says, and the men of Ephraim said unto him, why hast thou served us thus? That thou called us us not when thou wentest to fight with the Midianites? And they did chide with him sharply. They murmured and complained because they were not enjoying the, the, the victory that had happened earlier. You see, God had chiseled the army down from 30,000 men to 300. That was God's plan. Not Gideon's. That was God's plan. But I want you to notice what happened. They complained to Gideon. Notice the very end of that. And they did chide with him sharply. They reprimanded him because he simply did what God was telling him to do. Folks, today the world criticizes the saints or the children of God, the Christians, because we're simply doing what God told us to do. We're to live right. We're to do what's right. We're to abide by the laws of the land. And there's, there, there's so many things here, but it says, and the men of Ephraim. You see, it wasn't the Midianites that were causing him problems. It was the people closest to him. You know what? I found out that there's a lot of hurt that can happen by people that are close to you in your life. And it says, the men of Ephraim. Now notice what happens here. Uh, they begin to, it says, Why hast thou served us thus? You see, after they had won the battle, you know what automatically happens? Here it is, they had won the battle, they had defeated the Midianites, and all of a sudden they said, Why have you done this to us? Simply what Gideon is saying is, I didn't do this to you, this was God's plan. Remember what I said that you have a story? God has a plan for you? You know what I found out is that people don't always like what God has for... In other words, they like your story better than my story. So they want to get into your life and they want to do your lifestyle. But the truth is, folks, God has something for every single one of us. And you know what part of our story is? I don't know what page you're on in your life. But part of your story is January the 2nd, 2022, you are right here at Shiloh Missionary Baptist Church. This is part of your story. You have to listen to God. You have to abide by God. And I pray that if you've never been saved... This is a day that God will change your life and that this is a part of your story, your tale, that you became obedient unto His Word and you got saved by His grace. That's what it's all about. The imposters will tell you that there's time later on. The truth will tell you that there's no greater time than now than to get your soul right with God. For hell is only a heartbeat away. Hell is only another minute away uh, from you that you might reach that place. You must be prepared. And Gideon got so disturbed because he was simply doing what God wanted him to do. And it says, Thou hast called us not when thou wentest to fight the Midianites. That was God's plan. Gideon was just doing what God told him to and they blamed Gideon. You know what I've learned about people in this world? 
He said, if you do what God tells you to do, you try to live right, you try to live honorable, and you try to live with morals and ethics, they'll try to, uh, they, they name you all kinds of things. I've heard everything from, uh, uh, from, from Jesus freaks to uh, goody two-shoes, and they all these things when people try to do what's right. Folks, today, I thank God that there are people that the Word of God was important in them that they wanted to abide by. Not live in His perfection and to be everything perfectly done, but to simply say they were doing that. The imposters are going to say, well, you're going to fail. You might as well just go out here and fail miserably. You know what? That's what he's trying to warn them. He says, no, that's not what you need to do. He says, uh, he says that thou callest us not when thou wantest to fight the Amenonites. He says, why hast thou served us thus? They were lifted up with pride and they wanted some of the glory themselves. Folks, today, pride or humility in our life, which is the opposite of pride, means that we want glory in our life. We want God and Jesus Christ glorified. The imposters are not about what they can gain. The imposters are about what they can gain. Those that are true and genuine, it's not about what they can gain. It's not about recognition. It's not about anything. It's about what Christ has done. I know sometimes it's a, a play on words or maybe even a misrepresentation of words. But you know what? You'll hear people say, well, I, 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 I saved so many or so many got saved or whatever. Folks today, I'm always want to stay out of those those conversations and lies because I want everybody to know if a soul ever gets saved, it has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with the work of the Holy Spirit. If a person's ever going to get saved, God may use us to preach His Word and just like He used the elders to declare His Word. But today, folks, it's God that's going to do the true work in the heart of a person. And notice what He says here. He says, Why hast thou served us thus? And it says, They did chide with Him. At a time they should have been complimenting, they were complaining against him. They were, and it says, and not only, notice what it says, and they did chide with him. They gripped, they murmured, they complained. But there's not a period after him. It says, and they did chide with him sharply. They had daggers to throw. And I'll say this, daggers that hurt. I warn you today as you walk out into this world that you'll soon embark upon here in just a little while, the world has some mean things to say. And they can and they will hurt. And that's what Paul is warning young Titus. He said you need to be prepared for this. For in Titus chapter 1 and verse 10, For there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers Especially they of the circumcision. In Paul's day, just like ours, there was a lot of evil that was out there. For notice part of this verse. There are many. Folks, today, you know what I, I wish I could stand up here and tell you? That evil in your life is singular. I wish I could tell you that. I wish I could tell you that when you go out there today, you need to be on the lookout for one thing. But notice what he said. For there are many. I'll tell you this. Not only are there many out there, they're popular out there. You know what a lot of times our, our measuring stick or our approval level is? Well, it must be good because everybody else is there. And I understand in restaurants that might be true. 
You drive down the road and you see a lot of automobiles in a restaurant, that might be a true measuring stick that everybody else is there, that the food might be good to the taste. But I'll tell you this, when it comes to spirituality and religion, numbers is not what it's all about. For the Bible teaches us is that wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction and many be that go in thereat. The old saying goes, well, if one person doesn't mean that we all should have to do it. You see today what Paul is trying to tell them is this, for there are many. Our society will often judge what's right and what's wrong based on how many people's in the camp or how many people's a part of what's going on. You know what, today I'm convinced, and I'm, I'm going to get very personal with you for a minute, I'm convinced that there are many congregations gathering together that their numbers are much higher than what we have here this morning. But I'll tell you this, they do not feel any more than what I feel right here in this place. Folks, today it's not about how many people are doing it. It's about what you feel while it's happening. When you go out there today just because many people are saying this is okay or that's okay or this is the way or that's the way. For notice what he said, he says, for there are many unruly. Unruly, are these, these are those insubordinate people. It says, for there are many unruly. The unruly are those that feel like that the guidelines don't fit them. I don't want to get into to people's business, and I'm not even going to get into the accusation of things. Sometimes people feel like that the laws don't abide to them. In other words, they're above the law. There are people today that feel like that the Word of God won't apply to them. Folks, I want to tell you something. The Word of God is meant for every single one of us. You might turn it away. You might ignore it. You might close it up. You might turn it off. But I'll tell you this. God's word is meant for every single one of us. The imposters are going to say, you know what? I don't want the entire word. I just want to go out here and I want to heat to themselves, he said. Uh, of their own lust and heat to themselves teachers having itching ears. You see, today evil tries to go out here and say, you know what, this is not me. So they try to justify it, all these things they do. And he also goes on to say here, they are vain talkers. You know what a vain talker is, don't you? It's empty. It's empty. In other words, there's words coming out of their mouth. There's, there's uh, vibrations and sound waves that are hitting your ears, but they're not feeling anything Aren't you glad today that you go to a place, and I pray that you do, that you go to a place that you not only hear, but you feel? Well, preacher, sure, we're going to hear you. you got a, you got a high volume about you. We hear you. You see you're missing the mark. It's not about what you hear. It's about what you feel. The imposters today, they want these people that are, that are smooth with the tongue and they're, they're, they, they can say certain things and they're, just, they're salesmen is what I call them. And you know what? Sometimes a salesman can sell a lie. A good salesman can sell you a lie. But you see today, I'm glad, and I'm going to get personal with you again, I'm glad that Shallow Church doesn't need to have a smooth talker or a smart intellectual person. You need somebody sent by God. I thank God today for these places that we can come together and we are ruled by the Word of God. You mean you don't have a board or you don't have a, a people that make all your decisions, folks? We are ruled by the Spirit of God and I, I am thankful for Whatever God wants you to do this morning, we want you to do that. For he says, there are vain talkers. In other words, their mouth moving, but there's nothing coming from these things. Matthew chapter 23 and verse 3 says, They say, 
and do not. You see, imposters are like hypocrites. They'll tell you what to do and, and they kind of use the saying we have sometimes. Do as I say, not as I do. So in other words, they'll tell you one thing, but they'll do another. The imposters will tell you about all these things, but then they're going to go out and live another thing opposite of that. For it says here, for there are many unruler, unruly and vain talkers and deceivers. You mean to tell me there are people out there today that are dishonest? Just the other day, I came across some stuff as I was sitting down reading and I was highly disturbed in the essence of religion, of what people will do to other people. And, it, and the story is not important, but I'm disturbed at the deceivers that are out there that will tell you one thing when their heart is totally somewhere else. You see, folks, go by what you feel. For it says here there are deceivers. Specific, especially they of the circumcision. Here's where it all comes down to. There were people that Paul was warning about that's going to take the law. Notice what he's going to talk about here. Especially they of circumcision. They wanted to take the law and grace and mix them together. What does that mean exactly, preacher? You see, there are some people that feel like if they keep the law, they go to heaven. I won't follow with me for just a minute. If they could keep the laws and do what's right, go to heaven. If you can't keep the law, then what do you do? Change the law. You're going to break it, yes. So, but in order to keep from breaking it, let's just change it to fit us. Then all of a sudden, our lifestyle is not breaking the law. We're okay. Guess what, folks? You don't need grace. If you change the law to fit our lifestyles, we do not need grace. For people that point fingers at others and say, it is not my fault. They look at the laws being wrong instead of saying, God, we need grace. And folks, my heart absolutely melts for a society today that is more worried about the law and doing what's right instead of saying, God, I'm a sinner. I need help. More importantly, I need grace. And Paul was trying to tell Titus, he said, Titus, they're not worried about grace. They're worried about looking good and living right. He said, you don't need to give in to that. He said, you stand for the truth. And you know what today my, my great fear is that people have gotten so uh, twisted and warped in our world today that they're trying to change things to fit their lives that they're, they look more righteous, you would say, and they don't need God's grace. But I want you to know I want it to go on record and I don't mind you quoting me on this, folks. I need grace. And I thank God today that I don't have to live perfect. I don't have to do everything that's right. I do make mistakes. I do stumble and I fall. But I thank God that wherever sin abounds... Uh, the grace did the more abound. This morning, today, I pray that we would take accountability and responsibility. The imposters that are out there today, you got to identify them. They want to change everything else instead of saying, you know what? I was wrong. I'm a sinner. I need God's grace. So instead, let's change everything. I pray today that as we go out in this world today, that we would not give in to all these things, that we would just simply be, tell people, you need God's grace in your life. This morning I pray that if you've never experienced God's grace that you would and that you would before it's everlasting too late. God bless you this morning is my prayer. I want us to get a song if we could.